compliance and regulation in the crypto space, what you need to know next on your Cardano update. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. Today is Thursday, September 17th, 2020. I'm James Kiever with United States of Cardano. Lots going on in the space, and today we have a pretty awesome show for you with a very special guest. But first, Project Catalyst. It launched yesterday, the first major step in the Voltaire governance phase of Cardano's development. Now, to find out more on your rights to vote on the future of the protocol, head to the IOHK blog post we'll put in the description of this video. And with blockchain moving at the speed of light across virtually all industry sectors, where are regulators in all this? What's their role and what have they been up to? Specifically, what are they thinking when it comes to cryptocurrency? Now, these are all very good questions and we know the perfect guy who can help answer them. Dave, co-owner of our very own United States of Cardano, ticker USA01. Dave, awesome to have you here to bring us up to speed with regulatory issues and developments. Hey, thanks for having me, James. First, can you start by just telling us what exactly is regulatory compliance and who are regulators and what's their role in all this? Well, a lot to talk about on that one. Um, at its core, regulatory compliance is all about um, complying with regulations, right? And, and we're using that term generally. Um, it really means like all laws, regs, rules, what have you. Um, and at its core, it's for individuals and businesses and it matters who you are where you are uh, what activities you're engaged in and then what locations you want to engage in those activities for your customers for example um, so it seems simple at its face like just comply with the law um, but there's no kind of magic centralized source that can uh, can give you sort of the, all the pieces to that puzzle um, as far as who and, and the regulators, you know, in the United States, Congress enacts laws and gives the executive branch agencies the authority and the mandate to issue regulations in full force of their laws, um, just within the context that Congress gave them. Um, and there's three main tools that these agencies use to oversee the market. So the first is regulation, writing regulations, the law. Um, the second is supervision, supervising, so examining the um, entities that you know they have in their jurisdiction. And the third is enforcement, so litigation, going after bad actors, um, and mostly legal kind of court court level stuff and and fines. Um, so I mean, you guys know of. of most of the big regulators, but I'll just run down and explain some of the complexities, right? You have the SEC, it does financial securities and related instruments, CFTC, commodities and futures trading, um, both of which have given guidance on Bitcoin. Um, you have the US Treasury Department, and then you have several banking regulators. The OCC does all the national banks. Think about your big banks, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, whatever. Um, FDIC, some of the smaller banks, um, but also that, that Federal Deposit Insurance Fund. You have CFPB, Consumer Financial Products, regulating those. And then you have the Federal Reserve, um, which regulates some banks, 
bank holding companies, and then all the payments infrastructure, clearing houses, which are um, deemed as financial market utilities. Um, so that's just financial. I mean, we could go on forever with uh, telecom and FCC, and, and then we didn't even talk about 50 states and their regulations on top. Um, so it, you can see it's a pretty complex web of, uh, of rules, and it's really hard to, to comply with all of these if you're a, you're a small or, or large entity. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it feels like you're getting mixed signals because in the news they'll say cryptocurrencies are for crooks and uh, dark web transactions. And then I see major financial firms and institutions offering crypto with some of their newer products. So what's going on here? I mean, what might regulators see as a problem here? Yeah, I mean, I think some of that is probably the political um, push pull um, coming out in the news. But um yeah, I mean, regulators primarily focus on investor protection. I mean, that is the holy grail. Um, customers, individuals need to understand those products and services that they're engaging in, understand the risks, and have uh, clear and conspicuous disclosures of what they're getting themselves into. And you've seen a lot of this manifest uh, with the ICO enforcement, especially with the SEC. Um, the second thing is anti-money laundering, right? We've all done the KYC, know your customer uh, requirements for the U.S., making sure you know we're not funding illicit or terrorist activity. Um, that's obviously a big one. I think that's part of what you've mentioned. Like, how do we, you know, ensure that there's the right people um, using these systems when we do have laws in place in America that uh, prohibit the transfer of money and, and engagement with these with these actors. Um, I think, you know, custody of taking care of the assets and customers' funds, that's another big one. Um, lately, I've seen some interesting conversations on regulators wanting to regulate the activity on what is being done, but not necessarily how, like the technology in which we get there. Um, so that's comforting because sometimes, you know, you'll see Congress and they may sound like they're a little bit trigger happy to regulate or ban things and the like. Um, but ultimately, you know, we talked about the executive agencies that write the regulations. Congress needs to give that right to the agencies and largely for cryptocurrency. Um, it's sort of a complex kind of who's on first, who's on second uh, game going on. <laughs> well, it's pretty impressive that you're able to wrap your head around all of this. Um, maybe you can kind of give us a recap of some of the biggest recent regulatory and or compliance developments in the space. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think you have to look at it over an arc of time. Um, not any one announcement is going to be the, you know, they're all legal or this is all fine to do. Um, definitely over time and legal precedent needs to kind of rail and over rail itself. Um, like the Bitcoin ETF. It's like, no one cares about that at this point. Um, and I did see, it is sometimes hard to parse through some of the news in crypto news. Like there was a uh, article that said this blockchain bill passed in the house. And it sounds like, okay, it's on its way to becoming a law. When really it just, this one blockchain bill passed out of a committee and then it would have to go to the full house of representatives, the full floor vote which may never get there, and then to the Senate, and then ultimately to the president. So a lot of these headlines, sometimes they seem like they're massive regulatory updates, when in reality that bill probably has like a five or 
10% chance of actually becoming a law. Um, however, those bills are still very important for kind of awareness and coalition building um, in Congress. And so uh, certainly still applaud them. I think um, the biggest thing that's happened lately, in my personal opinion, is uh, Brian Brooks, who mm. was the former general counsel of Coinbase, is now the uh, comptroller of the currency, or basically the head of the OCC, which is the national bank regulator. These guys issue bank charters, they regulate national banks, they have a ton of power. And the fact that uh, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin appointed him to lead this agency shows that, you know, America is moving to a financial innovation in our, uh, or technical innovation in our financial system. Uh, we desperately need this. As Brian has said, you know, our banking system runs on 19th century rails. Uh, so he's doing a ton of cool things like letting banks provide crypto custody services for their customers, um, bank charters for fintech companies, maybe more stuff on stable coins coming. Um, and, you know, other, other big things are like the Fed chairman, um, Jerome Powell, he's been talking about digital or central bank digital currencies, along with Christina Lagarde. Um, with the IMF, you know, they're going to come out with a position on that. Um, obviously, the China, you know, digital currencies and stuff like that. I think all countries are looking at it. And that's sort of the trend to look for um, overall in, in crypto. Um, and then probably the last biggest thing is uh, chairman, uh, SEC chairman, or sorry, SEC commissioner, Hester Pierce, uh, crypto mom, as we all know her by. Um, she's been a strong advocate for uh, crypto and tech innovation and financial services and um there you know sec still goes after bad actors but she is saying hey look like customers or you know americans want to be able to access money in the way they see fit and so i'm super happy that she just was sworn in for her second term yeah that's i think those are the biggest things yeah well wow wow i mean um <laughs> You bring up so much to chew on, but one point that I don't want to let pass, uh, what can stake pool operators do? I mean, is there anything they can do or should be doing to support a favorable regulatory environment for crypto? Definitely. I mean, there's definitely, we, we as stake pool operators need to be super in tune with what's actually going on, right? Like, so may want to kind of try to sift through the, the news articles and figure out what is really happening, um, staying abreast of that. And so the regulation, those three buckets, regulation, supervision, and enforcement, those three things, what is happening across all those financial regulators? And I'm just speaking for the United States right now. It's too too much of a complex to, uh, to know all about all these global regulations. Um, but one thing in particular, well, I guess first, there's some ad advocacy groups that you could follow, such as the Digital Chamber of Commerce, um, Coin Center is another one. Uh, Proof of Stake Alliance is a third to mention. And these are all advocacy groups that can help you get good information and subscribe to their newsletters and such. And they're all having uh, open dialogues with regulators, SEC, um, to promote the growth of, of this industry. Um, so that's super critical. And um, actually, I want to mention really quick, the um, Proof of Stake Alliance just pushed out uh, industry principles for staking providers. And I'd love to read a couple of these to you. They're super interesting. 
Um, yeah, because a lot of our audience, they're actual um, state pool operators. So I know uh, we had talked about this offline. This is absolutely critical information. Love, love for you to share it with us, Dave. Absolutely. And let's put the link in the, uh, in the video as well. Um, so the first is kind of obvious, but refrain from investment advice, right? Like we're not providing investment advice, but it's also saying um, don't provide any representations as to the potential appreciation and the value of the stake digital asset. So don't say Cardano's going to the moon, Cardano's going to be a dollar, whatever. Um, that's certain things you probably shouldn't do if you want to be, you know, in the compliance with these kind of best practices that they've set forth. Um, the second one is the use of non-financial terminology and actually wanting that, right? So a, a service provider should not advertise or promote staking rewards as a profit opportunity by utilizing the words interest, dividend, or yield. So they're instead suggesting that we use terms like inflation or staking rewards when describing um, the rewards that our pools are generating for um, and, uh, delegators. Um, Another interesting one is our advertising should focus on enhancing participation in the both the consensus protocol and the security of the network. And I think that's certainly like something that we're all proud of doing. Um, see the last one here, focus on providing access to the protocol, um, just not making these statements that we control the inflation rate, um, explaining that sort of this governance model that Cardano's set forth in the parameters, um, and then the last one here is don't provide any guarantees on amounts of rewards earned. So we're not guaranteeing that that they're going to make any certain amount of money um, and so forth. So I think these are just a couple of them, but uh, we definitely want to incorporate these all on our website into our products and um, make sure we're adhering to it, right? Mm -hmm. As um, the regulations are always behind this innovative kind of new business models, we want to stay ahead of that and make sure that we're uh, abiding to the best practices that we have today. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dave, super fascinating stuff there. Really, really appreciate you explaining all that and having uh, you and Isaac on the show. I mean, it, I think it's very important for people to see that your Cardano update and United States of Cardano are very much a group effort and we're all in this together. Hey, thanks so much, James. Super glad to be on. Take care. And now it's time for Get to Know That SPO. This week, we're featuring April from Nigeria with Zoe Pool, ticker Z-O-E. April, it's great to finally have you on the show. I saw the interview you just did with Maria, and I was like, she beat me to it. <laughs> well, I'm so happy to be here, too. Thank you, Jamie. Well, it's a pleasure having you. If you could start, um, just tell our audience about who you are, where you're from, and a little bit about your pool. Okay, uh, my name is April. I'm from, from Nigeria. I'm a blockchain enthusiast and a stake pool operator in Cardano ecosystem. Um, the name of my pool is Zoe Pool and it's based in Africa, Nigerian based stake pool. You know, um, when Africa is mentioned anywhere, when people hear about Africa, what comes to mind mostly is that Africa is underdeveloped, uh, filled with you know, many problems and not many positive co comments comes out from Africa and it's really sad. So that inspired us to, you know, create Zoe Pool. Zoe is Greek for life and we plan, we seek to give life to Africa. We want to give, bring life to Africa. So, you know, 
solve some a proportion of the problems associated with Africa, and it will go a long way for so many people. You know, I've put um, um, many faces, just give hope to people basically in Africa. So that's what Zoe is about. Now, can you explain for our audience what it looks like trying to acquire and deal with Ada, where you're at? Yeah, um, it, to acquire Ada in my region, Nigeria here, it's, it's not hard. It's not difficult to acquire. It's just like a four-step process. You know, we have um, so many local ex- exchanges, um, yellow card, um, Binance, buy coins, but the most popular around here is um, yellow card. So all you have to do is um, use your credit card or whatever you want to use. Use your credit card, get Bitcoin on any local exchange like yellow cards or IO, you get Bitcoin and then transfer to Binance and exchange. It's simple. Or you, you, can, just, you can just buy directly from Binance, buy Bitcoin directly from Binance and you know, change it to ADA. It's not difficult to acquire, but where I is, is the value of our currency. You know, um, this year, it's statistics has it that this, um, just in 2020, Naira was devalued twice. So it's expensive to buy ADA around here due to the fact that our currency has been devalued against dollars. Mm. So, but to acquire it is not the step, the process to acquire ADA is not difficult. It's just the value of our currency has been devalued. So it's expensive to buy ADA. Yeah, and you had touched on um, some of the economic problems in your area in an article that you wrote. Uh, a rather in-depth article about yeah. cryptocurrency, I might add. And uh, we're going to put the link to that article in uh, the description of this video. But um, you, talk subsi- you talk specifically about how Cardano um, could be used to solve many problems, economic problems in Africa, like fraud and taxes. And um, I wonder if you could explain um, what inspired you to write this article? Was it a school project? Um, were you just motivated because you, you see all this stuff? I mean, where did this very in-depth, articulate article come from? Well, it, it wasn't a school project. You know, um, I just got to know about Cardano last year. And, you know, when, when my friend was explaining everything to me, I, I got intrigued. I got interested because you know, it has to do with, it has solutions for so many problems in Africa. If you look at um, the, the problems we have here, in terms of um, education, electoral um, issues, governance, you know, everything is just so, um, you know, bad. But hearing that so there's a solution, hearing that blockchain can, you know, bring solutions to these things motivated me. You know, I want to know more. This thing can solve this problem. I want to know it. I want to teach, to tell people about it. You know, majority of Africans don't know. And and I wouldn't want them to be left out in this beautiful future because blockchain is the future. Cardano is the future. And if they don't know about it, obviously they'll be left out. So hearing that Cardano can solve this problem motivated me to, you know, want to know more and get into it and thereby, you know, develop and um, bringing a little um, growth and development in my region by, by educating people about it. 
Well, April, we're very grateful to have spoken to you about all of this. I really want to recommend if people are even remotely interested in how blockchain can solve real hard world problems, many of which have to do with governments and governance. Yeah. This article is definitely for you. Again, link is in the description. April, thank you again so much. Thank you so much, James. I'm so happy to be here. And that does it for us today, folks. Please like the video and subscribe to our channel. If you'd like to come on the show to be featured on Get to Know That SPO, or if you just want to talk about something that's important to you, it's as simple as leaving a comment in this video or reaching out to us on Twitter. United Stakes of Cardano is nowhere near saturation, and we'd love for you to stake with our staking pool, ticker USA01. I'm James Kiever, and that's your Cardano Update.